Welcome to another episode of Brandonites, a podcast in which we hear from people around Brandon, Manitoba, who are passionate about what they're up to. This podcast is brought to you by the Western Manitoba Regional Library. Today's guests are Alicia Farrell and Danielle Morisot. Happy listening. Greetings and welcome to the Brandonites podcast. Today we have special guests, Alicia Farrell and our wonderful Danielle Morso. Please introduce yourself for our listeners today. Hello everyone, uh, I'm Alicia Farrell and uh, I'm so excited to be here today. Danielle and I have a mutual interest in storytelling, so I'm so pleased to be here in the, in the podcast room with her. And I'm an associate professor at Brandon University and I teach in the Faculty of Education. And yourself, Danielle? Yeah, I'm also very excited to be here. Um, it's funny because I work for the host site that um, this podcast is being uh, recorded in, but I've never actually been in here other than to just, you know, let off steam, which I'll, I'll leave to your imagination what that means. <laughs> but yeah, so my name is Danielle Marceau, and I'm a community engagement coordinator for the Brandon Neighborhood Corporation, and I also do content writing for the Canadian Museum for Human Rights. Very cool. Uh, we're going to start with you, Alicia. Tell us um, where you came from and uh, if you grew up in Brandon. I was born in Winnipeg, actually, so I spent my first year uh, in Winnipeg. And uh, then my family moved out to Edmonton. And so we were there till I was in about grade four and then headed back to Winnipeg to be closer to my grandmother. So grandma was uh, the matriarch of the family and um, and everyone, you know, while she was still with us, was always drawn to being around her. And so we headed back to Winnipeg. Um, and I moved out to Brandon about seven years ago when I got my position at Brandon University. And I've been here ever since, since 2015. Ooh, welcome. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yourself, Danielle. Yep. So I've been in Brandon now for the last, oh, I would say 20 years. Yeah, 20 years. I came here when I was 11 years old and came here with my mom and dad and my siblings. And it was because my mother was actually attending Brandon University. She was getting her degree at the time. So we all moved here from Dauphin, and we've lived pretty much all over Manitoba. I was born in Thompson. I lived in uh, Crane River, Winnipeg, um, Brandon, yeah, just all over the place. So yeah, uh, and I do consider Brandon like my home. It's, it's so much of my community here. I really care for everybody that's kind of here and situated and whatnot. So yeah, I have a great love of Brandon and Happy to be here. Ah, uh, awesome. Thanks so much, Danielle. Uh, so, Alicia, let's talk about your passion for education. Let's uh, talk about some of the exciting adventures and how, how did you get into education? What, what drove you to that passion? I was one of those young people that would um, gather the neighborhood kids in a fake school and uh, try to teach them lessons as long as I could hold an audience so I think my family and friends would say that uh, ever since I was a little girl I wanted to to be a teacher uh, the teachers in my life uh, were such incredible people they were kind and generous and they asked good questions and um, I had the good fortune of 
working with teachers who looked for the gifts in the kids in their class and really helped um, create a space for them uh, to shine and to be able to share their gifts with other people in the world. And so they were some of my idols uh, growing up mm-hmm. and I wanted to be like them And because um, I could see how they were changing my life and changing uh, the life of some of the young people or my friends, you know, back in the day on the elementary school playground. And I have lots of stories about um, how teachers were, even though I was a quirky kid, um, uh, they they found a way to make me feel like I connected and I belonged. And so that's kind of what pulled me in Mm -hmm. to the field. And now what keeps me going is uh, the work I do with teacher candidates. So um, uh, folks who come into the faculty of education and want to uh, are called to be a teacher, and I'm excited about that. And and it's um, uh, I continue to learn from them, so I'm always learning something new about teaching because mm-hmm. uh, I get to cha- uh, the chance to work with uh, graduate and undergraduate students in the field. So, oh, that's fantastic! You um, are challenged every year, right, with new bright faces, and you get to share that knowledge and uh, expertise. So that's wonderful. Uh, Danielle, yourself. Yeah, with storytelling, uh, it Mm -hmm. all goes back to like childhood and just uh, being kind of like the individual at uh, campfires, at family gatherings and being told, all right, Danielle, you need to, you need to tell a story. You need to tell us a story. Mm -hmm. And my little mind would go off and tell off these like really extravagant kind of like world building kind of type of stories or even just like funny little goofy kind of stories that I would hear from like my uncles and I would like act it out and play it out and especially growing up too being the oldest of five kids you're constantly being asked you know read me books tell me a story I I can't go to bed if you don't tell me a story and then that just also translated over to like my cousins as well my cousins would constantly be like I, I like you need to tell me a story before I go to bed, and I, that was so much my like my role growing up, and it just it translated all through high school and university, and I just I do like I like writing, I like storytelling, you know, just like orally too as well, mm-hmm. and yeah, it's just it's, it's it, I, again just all goes back to like childhood and just mm-hmm. being placed in that role of all right, Danielle's the storyteller. She's going to tell us a really good story and we're all going to have a big laugh or be really enthralled by what she kind of comes up. So, yeah. Speaking of storytelling, uh, you both have worked together um, in some storytelling uh, adventures. Uh, why don't you tell us about that? Yeah. The uh, storytelling in particular is, uh, well, I was helping Alicia kind of with uh, some research uh, that she had around uh, climate change and mm-hmm specifically like how students um, are kind of reacting right now to climate change and like their anxiety or maybe they're hopeful about it or you know what their concerns are so uh, last month I had a workshop at Neyland High School where you know I talked about you know climate change and kind of like the different like indigenous perspective of like how you need sort of like indigenous like voices and roles in climate change policy and just kind of like breaching like that sort of like topic to the kids and it really got them like thinking about like what that meant and even just from like a community standpoint too like how 
the stuff that you do in your community, even if it's just on like on a very like micro level, actually has like very big reverberations for what you do like globally as well. And a lot of the kids uh, were really like inspired by that, and they were really you know kind of hopeful. But and, you know, some of them were also kind of like, well, I'm still very like anxious about it and mm-hmm. whatnot. So the theme was to kind of like put together all their thoughts, all their kind of like opinions, their concerns, and have it sort of like as a backdrop as to what you know climate change means to them and how they're dealing with it. And mm-hmm. yeah, it, was, it, was a, it was a good workshop. I had a lot of fun. Yeah, one of the questions that keeps me up at night, um, never been a great sleeper, but uh, recently the question that's been keeping me up at night is, what does it mean to teach in a world that's prepared to go on without us? Mm-hmm. So when I think about education, it, it, it assumes some kind of future. And with climate change, our future has been put into question. And what um, is both surprising and a little unnerving for me is how present um, like climate change is the backdrop of every learning encounter now um, and so um, but we're not talking about it a lot in schools and I think some of it is because there's a lot of difficult feelings associated with it I think a lot of wonderful teachers worry about sliding into doomism mm-hmm. or or talking with young people and young people getting upset about it but one thing I found is that young people already have really strong feelings about climate change their social media feeds fill with all sorts of uh, you know, difficult images and texts. And so the research project, which Danielle um, helped out with and did an amazing job, is about uh, confronting that difficult knowledge of climate change, but mm-hmm. doing it in a, such a way where we can sort of hold those strong feelings uh, in a group together mm-hmm. and process them, uh, not so that we can stay um, in a place of feeling uh, paralyzed, but so that we can work with those strong feelings to propel us to maybe do some things uh, that are better for each other, mm-hmm. and maybe through education, and in our case, artwork and storytelling, mm-hmm. um, find a way to create a picture of a different kind of way we might live together more harmoniously with our more than human relatives. And so I was so appreciative uh, of Danielle's work with the students because she she has a gift for creating a space for young people to talk about those feelings, but then also to imagine what else might be possible mm-hmm. through storytelling uh, and and the visual arts. So, yeah. Amazing job, you guys. Uh, is there somewhere that our listeners can view some of the work that the Neelan artists or the Neelan students worked on? Well, right now, there's um, if you go to... Um, uh, the Art Gallery of Southwestern Manitoba to their website. Okay. Um, part of that project involved um, a partnership with the AGSM uh, where the young people that were interviewed in the first cohort mm-hmm. um, uh, in like the fall term of the research project. So Danielle worked with students in the second term. So mm-hmm. the students in the first term um, worked with a, a group of artists who um did their own eco workshops with the students and then the students created their own pieces inspired by these artists and that culminated in an exhibition called Before I Go to Bed Tonight. Right. And so all of those art pieces uh, were documented uh, and are up on the AGSM's website. And there's also, um, there was an artist panel with four of the young artists who participated and it's a really rich discussion with them about why they created the pieces they did and how they're hoping that might impact conversations in in Brandon and in the wider community about uh, about climate change. Thank you. I think that's a really important subject for our youth. 
and they need to be heard. So us opening our arms to that idea and moving forward is a wonderful, wonderful place to start. Earlier, you were speaking with us about your teachers and how they help direct you by seeing the different nuances that you, your personality had. I was doing some research about the different education styles that you've been introducing within the BU or Brandon School Division, and a word came to us, and it's called ped. Whoop, whoop, hold on, pedagogy. I would love for you to explain what that is to our listeners. Yeah. So one of the um, one of the interesting things about teaching is that we most of us have had teachers in our lives. So a lot of young people come uh, into the faculty of education with really strong understandings of what it means to be a teacher. And also the families that work with teachers in schools when they have their young ones in schools and they meet with teachers, they often speak from a position of like when they were sort of looking up at the teacher when they were in grade one. So it's a really interesting profession. So we have people who come in to study it for a few years, right, before they go off and be a teacher in, in a school, but they come in with lots of strong stories about what it means to be a teacher. So I see part of my work um, as unpacking um, that word pedagogy, so the art of teaching, right? So what does it mean to be a pedagogue? What does it mean to uh, to teach someone else's child, to care for someone else's child, you know, when they're in your presence? And so. I see some of the work being unpacking our stories from when we were little about the teachers we had in our lives and then thinking about what our lived experiences are and were um, and how the stories of our life will now impact us uh, as teachers. And the reason I hope uh, teacher candidates will do that is because if they're more aware of their own stories and the life experiences that you know brought them to this point uh, that they will learn to open up space for young people to share their own stories and um, I often think about it as um, you know racing horses and they have those blinders on Mm -hmm. right to keep them focused on um, on the racetrack well uh, I think teachers we can sometimes get into that zone so I think the job at a faculty of education is to, um, I mean, the listeners can't see this, but I'm trying to widen out those uh, blinders with my hands um, so that they can look around their classrooms and see um, the vibrant, wonderful uh, group of young people that's before them, right? And Mm -hmm. so that there's a role to play for that very diverse cast of characters and everything the teacher does. So when I think about the word pedagogy, that's kind of what I'm thinking of is the style of teaching, um, uh, that we that we imagine we'd like to do, and then thinking about how how our life stories impact the performance of that in real time with kids. Thank you. That's wonderful, <laughs> uh, Danielle. Tell us a little bit about your experiences with the Human Rights Museum right now. Sure. I just started actually with the Museum for Human Rights, so. Uh, April was when I started my training April was just it was it was interesting because like in the first couple weeks um it was all like equity training which like has nothing well I mean it has a little bit to do with my role I guess um it's fair point right but it was it was so much training and like I know a lot of that kind of comes from like um stuff that happened before I got there 
uh, a couple years ago with like you know CMHR stop lying and kind of like that kind of like hashtag that was going on and just like how there was a big culture shift within the museum and a lot of that actually gets talked about uh between me and like my team because uh a couple years ago like it was just it was so vastly different whereas now it's it's way more inclusive it's way more focused towards like you know taking care of like the people who work inside the museum and like listening to their concerns and making sure everything's like a fair and equitable place just recently the museum actually um announced gender inclusive washrooms Mm -hmm. and the pushback on that was horrendous it was terrible (laughs) it Mm -hmm. was not great uh especially online Uh, you got a lot of like people just commenting and just being just really ridiculous with their opinions and you know like it is what it is. I mean, people use a gender-inclusive washroom every day in their own homes, right? So just that kind of part of it, it's just been really, like, fun to learn. And then just writing about human rights is something that's so near and dear to my heart. Uh, when I started with the BNRC, uh, a lot of my sort of, like, content writing that I did here actually focused on, like, human rights issues in the world. And just even recently, uh, I think the first post I kind of did for uh, BNRC was uh, a year ago this week and it was about Kamloops and the 215 and sort of like how uh, we talk about like reconciliation here in Canada and like what that means and like how there wasn't like so much of like a media response to what happened in Kamloops until like more people started like actively engaging with it on social media and stuff like that. So stuff like that just really kind of like brought me to my role as like a, a content writer with a human rights museum and just being able to like do that is like a kind of like a full-time thing now it's like it's wonderful i love it mm-hmm. it's 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 my passion like i graduated with a degree in human rights from uw mm-hmm. and i get to merge like my passion for storytelling as well so it's just it's everything coming together and molding perfectly and it's just mm-hmm. it's yeah it's been quite the ride what's the what's your future plans moving forward do you have any projects coming up right now i'm working on a story trail uh with the city of brandon Mm -hmm. so a story trail is kind of like uh it it goes back to me being a kid again where i go in we go on a hike through hannaberry hill and i tell stories Mm -hmm. and a lot of the stories are kind of like based on stuff that i've written some of them are like indigenous folklore um yeah that's kind of like one of the projects i'm working on and then i'm also working on a solutions journalism piece based on climate change Mm -hmm. through journalists through human rights so i'm talking to uh, people up in the community of grand rapids and it talks about uh what they kind of like experience especially when the dam uh the manitoba hydro came there in in like the early i think 1960s and like all the destruction it unfortunately caused and its effect on both like the hunting fishing and trapping industry so talking to people and how like they kind of lived with that and yeah just uh, pretty busy mm-hmm. <laughs> just kind of one of the things that kind of got going on right now and yeah you're doing a storytelling uh workshop as well at the library at the library yes in uh, july yep yep so that'll be fun to do Yay. as well mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah i'm looking forward to just bringing in uh, not only my voice, but other people's voices as well mm-hmm. for this workshop. So uh, it's something to look out for. A story circle. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you.
Let's talk about your future plans. Um, I know you're passionate for arts-based climate justice education and eco-feminism, great word, as well as uh, Before I Go to Bed, which thank you for sharing that with us. I saw something about a new book. Yes, I'm, I'm working on um, a book where I'm taking up the idea of what does ecofeminism mean in the context of education. Um, and when I think about ecofeminism and what it has to offer education, uh, it, it grounds us in a place where we think about equity and justice, not just for humans, but also um, the more than human world. And so I'm, I want to I wanna explore in the book um, what would it mean to take seriously, um, you know, the rocks and the rivers and the trees uh, as teachers uh, mm -hmm. themselves? Because I think, for example, if we thought about rocks and time, I think our understanding of time would shift. So in education, we're often worried about uh, the present moment and being always thinking about being on to the next thing, being chased by curriculum guides and things like that. But I think if we look to other um things in our in our world uh, we might sort of think about some concepts quite differently and so that's what I want to explore uh, in in the book I'm writing and mm -hmm. then the other piece I'm working on is uh, I'm uh, one of the ways that I've come to storytelling is through forum and image theater so that's kind of where I spend a lot of my time and so um, the next part of the research project I'm hoping to involve some young people who will work with me to de devise some short plays called Forum Theatre Plays. It comes from the work of Augusto Boal and his theatre arsenal he called Theatre of the Oppressed. And it's it's about creating these short little plays that end in a bad spot for the characters. And I want to take up the topic of, of climate justice and sustainability with young people. And so they will devise these plays and they'll end in a pinchy spot for at least one of the characters. And then we're hoping to have some kind of an audience there who might, um, when the play gets performed again, be able to shout stop, come up from the audience, replace a character, and try some of their ideas out. And it's a way to have the conversation about climate change in a really exciting environment, but also be a little more solution-focused. So mm -hmm. not staying in the pinchy part for the characters, mm -hmm. but being able to try some ideas out to make um, the scene more sustainable or equitable or inclusive, depending on sort of what the invitation is going to be. So. That's, that's the next, I think, um, piece of work that I'll be jumping into. There has to be that conversation. We have to keep the lines open, correct? We need to allow the youth to um, share those feelings and for them to better understand. So thank you both of you for making that happen. It's, it's really important. Uh, and us at the library, we will try to support you as much as possible here as well with our literature. Amazing. Bringing that topic forward, let's talk about books. Mm-hmm. Danielle, I'd like to start with you. My dear, share a book with us. Share a book with you. Oh, my goodness. I'm always very hesitant to share this book re recommendation, mostly because it's very traumatizing to read. But my absolute favorite book in the entire world is A Little Life by Hannah Yanagahara. And it's a story about four friends post-college and how they grow up throughout life. And it really focuses on one of the characters named Jude, who has every sort of type of trigger warning you could possibly think of in the entire world added to his name. He's just been through a lot and uh, he goes through a lot throughout the book, and you go on this really 
epic, awful journey with him from, like, the time he was little to when he's an older man. And, like, it's such a book that, like, is so near and dear to my heart. And I just, like, I've been in love with it ever since I read it, I think, like, five years ago. But I hesitate recommending it to people because of all those trigger warnings. Mm-hmm. But if, if if you want something a little bit more palatable and that's not going to, like, make you cry at 2 o'clock in the morning, I would suggest reading um, Tell the Wolves I'm Home by uh, Carol Rufka Brunt, which is also a really good book about a young girl and uh, her dealing with the loss of her godfather, who was really important to her. That's another near and dear book to my heart as well. Thank you. Alicia, your turn. Mm, so I have, I always have um, a few things going, read, a few readings going on at the same time. I don't know. That might be an indication of my messy mind. I don't know. Um, but one, one piece I've gone back to is um, Thomas King's collection, The Truth About Stories. So mm-hmm. one of those sections of that, of, of the first chapter Uh, He writes, you know, the truth about stories is that's all we are. So be careful of the stories you tell and be careful of the stories you let other people tell you. Mm -hmm. So I've kind of gone back um, to that collection and uh, I'm really enjoying it again. Um, The second um, thing I'm I'm working through, and it should also come with a trigger warning, (laughs) is uh, Amanda Lovelace's collection of poetry. And it's called, get ready for this, the witch doesn't burn in this one. Mm. And so it's a hard-hitting um, collection of work that really takes up the, uh, some of the ideas around women's bodies and us being in control of our own bodies and particularly uh, with what's going on with our neighbors to the, the south and the sort of worries about Roe v. Wade and things like that. It's it's kind of filling, it's filling my cup. And then the other thing that's... Um, might be kind of interesting for others to know about is there's a, a website called the good energy playbook and they are trying to encourage a lot of artists to do more writing about like including climate change in their narratives mm-hmm. and so there's some fantastic writing prompts and story ideas on um on the good energy playbook website and so i'd recommend that folks check that out they might find it inspirational and and fun to go through Um, all the different writing prompts. Thank you. Those are all really great recommendations, you guys, and I'm pretty sure our listeners are going to be looking into those and wonderful explanations as well. Um, We are at the end of our podcast, and I would like to invite you each to share a message to our listeners before we say goodbye. Sure. Uh, My message is... uh I would go back to what I said to the kids in the workshop. You know, your actions at a community level have big impacts. It doesn't matter whether it's, you know, helping out at a soup kitchen or donating clothes or helping at community cleanups or, you know, going on nature trail hikes uh, here in the city. All your all your actions have impact. They matter. And even if it's very small, it can have very good uh, wide sort of impact on other people too. So yeah, just get involved. Thank you. I think I'll, um, I was starting, I was thinking about my grandmother when you had asked the question about um, about how, you know, how long it's been since, uh, you know, we've lived in Brandon. And, and so anyway, she's in my thoughts now. So maybe I'll, I'll share one of her 
uh, one of her grandma-isms, and, um, and I'll choose this one because as we're all coming back together slowly but surely uh, after two years of living through this pandemic, um, and also the world being feeling a little bit like an angry place right now. Um, so I, I like what she used to tell us all the time, all the grandkids, especially when we were getting on each other's nerves. And she used to say, the world can be a tough place, so it's best to hold hands and get out there together. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, that's, I think, I'll, I'll leave Brandonites with, uh, with that grandma-ism. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you so much both for being here, uh, Alicia Farrell and Danielle Norso. Uh, it has been an absolute pleasure, and we really look forward to seeing what you incredible human beings are going to do for us in the future. Have a fabulous day, and thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, that concludes another episode of Brandonites. Thank you to our guests, Alicia Farrell and Danielle Morisot, and our interviewer, Michelle. We recorded their conversation in the sound booth at the Brandon Neighborhood Renewal Corporation's Makerspace. Check out our past episodes and subscribe if you'd like to be notified about the next one. If you'd like to suggest a future guest for our podcast, send an email to alex at wmrl.ca. Don't forget to visit us at one of our branches located in downtown Brandon, at the Shoppers Mall, or in Carberry, Glenborough, Hartney, and Nipawa. Check out our collection of books and our e-resources at wmrl.ca and see what we have going on for programs. Until next time, take care.